0: Another episode of Tea Time. I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Urban. And I'm your other host, Erin Gessert. And we're just going to go through an election debrief for this mm-hmm. episode. Last Tuesday was the elections, midterm elections, mm-hmm. and honestly, went better than expected. Yeah, I, I
1: agree with that. So in our last episode, we talked about, you know, our thoughts about the election that then took place the next day. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about some of the results. So I'd say locally, the most um, exciting um, result that, or I guess election, was the chair and Chung and um, Scott Preston. Yeah. Um, and- when we were covering the election for the vedette, there was a good, solid hour that they were... I want to say 36 votes apart, something in the yeah. 30 range.
0: It dropped down to 28 at one point. Yeah. It went up to 36, then uh-huh. it was 44, something like that. Mm-hmm. You're like really close. Right. And uh, something that we touched on in our last
1: podcast was that every vote counts. And when I was like refreshing, 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 and there's still like 30 votes apart, I was like, that sentiment holds
0: true. Exactly. That is a classroom full of people mm-hmm. that made or break... I'm, Eventually, it, the um, vote disparity increased. Yeah, to, they were about 1,500 votes apart. Which is still not a lot. Yeah. That's like, there are 20,000 people at ISU. Mm-hmm. Like, 15,000, like, what? That's not even one graduating class. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, just insane. Like, mm-hmm. it was such a close race, and it was so cool to see all this happen and all this go down. Yeah. Um, Sharon Chung is the first Democrat elected from this area since yeah. 1982
1: yeah and she's the first um korean american
0: in, congress. in yep. congress yeah which is amazing yeah to say the least it's great for representation of mm-hmm. course it's a good milestone that we should have hit by now yeah but obviously great that we're hitting it in 2022 mm-hmm. and uh, then you know all four more democrats in congress right like, we're not hiding our political affiliations here like, yeah we both tend <laughs> to leave more democrat
1: yeah so. Um, no, but I thought it was crazy how, um, she was the first Democrat in McLean County since,
0: that's uh, 40 yeah. years. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that it had been a while since a Democrat, yeah. but like that long. Yeah. That's is very was long. was crazy to me. Like, I was like, okay, maybe like prior to like 9-11 because mm-hmm. the country just tended to go very Republican after 9-11. Yeah. But I would have thought, you know, like we would have had somebody since like the 90s or something, yeah. but 82, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like double our lifetime. And I, I genuinely think that it was ISU students turning up that like spun this in her favor.
1: A hundred percent. I think a lot of um, the democratic victories in the area, like, were from a lot of just the ISU population. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think it's somewhat because a lot of people around our age tend to lean democratic. Yeah, just Um, younger
0: generations in general tend to vote more liberal or Mm -hmm. more blue. Yeah. So, Um, us, Wesleyan, Heartland Community College. Yeah. I know prior, even the election coverage, we had one of our reporters cover a virtual watch party Mm -hmm. and there were, you know, she got quotes from students being like, you know, our generation needs to show up and was speaking about social change, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of what democratic candidates tend to platform themselves on. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, not much of a surprise to me that, well, it was a surprise, but like, Hold on, let me rephrase. It was a surprise that Sharon Chung won because of how long and how Republican this area is. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a surprise to me that our generation voted in favor of her. You know? Yeah, agreed.
1: Um, and then the other really um, interesting election to watch was the Esther Joy King and the Eric Sorensen.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: for the 17th District in the House. Um, they were going back and forth all night long. Oh like God, I is. would refresh um the result page and Esther would be in the lead and then ten minutes later, Eric would be in the lead. And mm-hmm. like they they ended up being like, um, at the end I think it was like Esther Joy King with like forty seven percent and Eric Sorensen with like fifty one
0: or fifty two percent. So that was still a very close um oh yeah race. And another point of every vote matters. Mm-hmm. And another win for um, representation in Congress. Yeah, Eric's he's the first um, first openly LGBTQ plus representative in Illinois's Congress. Okay, Illinois. I didn't know if it was all of Congress. Um, just from Illinois, yeah, mm-hmm. first LGBTQ plus representative from Illinois. Yeah, there. Which nationwide, it was a huge year. For, yeah, it was. Um, people of the community in Congress, mm-hmm. or just you know, Senate, even Senate races. Yeah, there was a lot of improved representation. Yeah. I
1: was seeing a lot, um, not even just in the LGBTQ plus community, but like I saw like there was, um, the first like Gen Z, um, member in
0: either the Senate or Congress. In Congress. He was a representative from Florida. Oh wow. Former March for our lives protester. Um, did, did a lot for, you know, gun control and Mm -hmm. just like A lot of again, the issues that we tend to see younger people advocating for, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is again super cool. I think he's 25, 24, 25. I think 20 actually 25 is the youngest you could be to be in Congress, so that's yeah, that's crazy, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's so cool.
1: Well, kind of going off the younger generations, there even was an ISU student who got elected onto the McLean County Board in District 6. District
0: 6, Jack Henry Abraham. Is he a senior? I believe so. Or he's a junior. Junior, senior. Okay. Um, I from some background info that I don't want to exactly quote myself on, but I believe he served in like the army or something before, okay. which is how he hits, so, you know, like the age requirement and stuff yeah. like that. And now he's coming back to ISU to do his degree. Okay. But he yeah, so he's either a junior or a senior, majoring in political science. So Makes sense. you know, fits the course perfectly. Yeah. But yeah, he mm-hmm. you know he's cool, advocating for some cool stuff, ab- improving work or not workers, but y- yes, he's advocating for workers' rights. But mainly, one of his big platforms prior to the midterms was advocating for renters' rights. Oh, okay, yeah, which is huge for students because yes. a lot of us get t- taken advantage of by mm-hmm. the realty agencies in the area. True. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to pull up some of the other cool people who are elected to Congress. Mm. Um, hmm. So, yeah, his name is the 25-year-old from Florida. Uh, his name is Maxwell Alejandro Frost, who is the first Gen Z and first Afro-Cuban member of the U.S. Congress. He's a 25-year-old um, advocate for gun reform and social justice. So it's cool. kind of like the same thing I was saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Aruna Miller is Maryland's lieutenant governor, and she's the first um, South Asian woman and first immigrant to serve as lieutenant governor. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Let's see. Who else? Wes Moore was elected to the Maryland House, and he's the first black governor in Maryland and the third black governor in U.S. history, so across the country. Oh, my God. Um, Maura Healy was um, in Massachusetts, first female governor, and she's their first out lesbian governor as well, which I saw a lot of I saw something about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Robert Garcia, California House, was the first LGBTQ immigrant in Congress. Um, he's the former mayor of Long Beach, and he's a Peruvian immigrant. James Rosener, I don't know if I said that right, but he was elect- elected to the New Hampshire House, and he's the first out trans man to become a straight state legislator. I don't know, just a cool. lot of cool people yeah. being elected to Congress this year in Illinois and out of Illinois. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which I mean, it's definitely super important to have like diverse representation. Um, you know, to speak for the people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's easy for us, especially as white women, as we sit here, to be like, "Oh, there's no problem with representation mm-hmm. because we see our personally sees ourselves in the media a lot." Yeah. But um, it can be hard for people of marginalized communities to envision themselves in such Mm -hmm. a high political power, or just, like, in the media in general, being an actor, an actress, um, an influencer, anyone with any kind of power. Yeah. It's hard for them to imagine themselves that way if nobody's ever done it that way before. Which is why, like, President Barack Obama becoming Mm -hmm. the first black man to be president of the United States was such a huge move. Yeah. For, um, you know, just children of color across the country Mm -hmm. to be able to see someone who looks like you, who maybe shares, shares the same cultures or customs as you and to be elected to, you know, the highest power in the United States is just insane. Right. It does a lot. Mm-hmm. It does a lot for mental health. It does a lot for, you know, just hope yeah. and belief in your country. Right.
1: And it, like, lets people kind of, you know, envision themselves doing that. Exactly. Like, showing that they, they
0: too, can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a cool time to be alive, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. I I, would say that the election, like, eh, I don't know. I was kind of, like, a little, like, on the edge about how I thought it
0: was going to end up. But I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Yeah. I was also very apprehensive Mm -hmm. before this. Um, In the last election we, or, sorry, last episode, we talked about how this election was important. Like, not to say that no election is important, but Mm -hmm. this one was important because... Um, the Republicans had, Republicans had the opportunity to flip the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. They did not flip the Senate. That is confirmed. Um, we're still waiting on the results from uh, Georgia's. Georgia, yeah. Georgia's election is going to a, a recount or a re-vote yeah, in December. they're
1: recounting in December.
0: In December. So we're waiting on their um, their vote to confirm mm-hmm the official balance of the senate but as of right now it's 50 democrats 49 republicans mm-hmm. so either democrats are going to get the majority 51 to 49 or mm-hmm. it's going to be back to where it was prior to the election at a 50-50 split which is good that's yeah. that's fine i'll take that that's right. fine yeah. i don't need a super majority or anything crazy like yeah. that
1: i mean i don't know i feel like even though i tend to lean more democratic like i feel like a more like even if it is 51 to 49 I still feel like a closer, like, numbers of both parties are better rather than having, like, 70 and 30.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's just important to represent as many voices as you can out yeah. there. I do think that it should reflect what the population is voting for, which that's, is why. Yeah, that's true. Which is, you know, this isn't a federal, or this wasn't a presidential election, but that's another point of why I don't agree with the electoral system anymore. Like the College. Electoral, electoral college, college yeah. yeah, that's it had a value at one point, but I think we've just surpassed it in population and in just density in areas. I think
1: it's way outdated. Exactly. I think it causes a lot of problems more than it helps. Yeah. Especially like I don't know. I'd probably need to like finish my minor or something <laughs> to really have an educated opinion on this. But like I feel like the popular vote kind of says enough. I, I agree with Because it's like, that. I mean, the yeah. popular vote, that's the amount of people that voted and what they want. hmm And I feel like, I don't know. I never, I mean, like, I not, I know it's because of the population, but I never really understood why, like, some states have uh, electoral college votes of, like, 25 when others have, like, seven.
0: Yeah. I know it has to do with population, but, okay, it's like the number of representatives you have plus the number of senators, which every state mm-hmm. has at least two senators, which is, you know, that's for the equality, make sure every state is heard part of it. yeah. But I feel because of population and because, like, again, with the metro areas like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles specifically mm-hmm. are so population dense that I don't feel like they personally get enough representation yeah. with Electoral College. Um, I remember doing some math with that from a uh, um, while ago, back at the 2020 election. And with the Electoral College, it gives small – Not that smaller states shouldn't get as much representation. Obviously, like, that's not where I'm trying to go with this. It's just that, you know, states with less population are having more power than I feel like they should have, if that makes sense. Again, not that I don't want them to be heard. You know, we value Montana and Wyoming and Mm -hmm. all those smaller states. But, you know, it's like, I remember seeing something where it's like, you know, more than half of our population lives in California. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Why shouldn't California have so much power over our politics because so much of it gets affected by them, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird and we're supposed to be talking about midterms here, but you know, Mm -hmm. just moving forward with like political reform in general and just representation in general, I think it's something that should be talked about more often Mm -hmm. and it is important to talk about. Yeah. I mean, people have been like starting the conversation about it, which I think is good. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: it has to start somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think just a lot of what American politics has been is just this is the way we've always done it. Why Mm -hmm. should we change? Yeah. And I think change can be a good thing. I understand why people are apprehensive to change and, you know, they feel like it's too complicated to learn something new. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the times the change is what benefits people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at least I think it's worth listening to and worth hearing about, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's see. What other... Oh, I mean, this wasn't necessarily a shock, but Pritzker did win governor Uh in Illinois. Definitely not
1: a shock, but I will say that I was a little bit shocked at how quickly it was confirmed.
0: Oh, yeah. So we started our election coverage here at the Vidette at, what, 7 o'clock? Yeah. About 7 o'clock, 7.30-ish. And I would say by 8, 8.30, it It had been called by AP. It was
1: like 10 minutes after 8, because I remember we were kind of like just getting in the groove of like all right, everything's coming in now. Like, the, the votes are getting tallied, and it's, like, someone's, like, oh, Pritzker won, and everyone in the office is, like, oh, "Like what? Yeah. Like, it's confirmed already? Because, like, like, I don't know. I thought that, like, that was probably one of the biggest races. So I thought that, like, just by that it would get called, like, way later.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it is, you know, technically the biggest race in Illinois. Yeah. And obviously the governor has a lot of power to decide what comes through with Congress. Mm-hmm especially with abortion being such a huge topic on the ballot this year yeah and pritz uh not pritzker bailey's known anti-abortion stances mm-hmm. that a lot of us were very nervous about it yeah and just again with you know safety act worth rights amendment a lot of those kind of like um supporting i guess smaller bodies mm-hmm. having pritzker in office is a huge win for those kinds of things mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know what they're going to do with the safety act I, that was a huge point during debates talking about if they were consider revising it because it gained a lot of negative attention. Mm-hmm. We did a prior episode on that. Please watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the Workers' right ma- Rights Amendment, I don't know if it officially did not pass. But as of, I think, what, Friday, it wasn't looking yeah, like it was going it to pass. it wasn't looking like it. Like, it was at, like... They needed
1: sixty percent mm-hmm. for it to be And it was at like fifty eight fifty nine. Like, yeah, it was like, like fifty eight something and they had tallied ninety three percent of the votes. So yeah. it wasn't looking good. It was but, really close,
0: but I don't think it um,
1: passed. Yeah, so as of three twenty five PM on Friday, ninety nine percent of the votes were counted and it had a fifty eight point eighteen percent approval, so
0: Darn. Looking like no. For those of you who didn't know, the workers' rights amendment was a constitutional-wide ballot amendment for all Illinois residents to vote on, and the way that it would have passed is either you have to get 60% of the votes or more than 50%, but every single person who voted had to have voted, picked yes or no, you know? Because you can leave, you're allowed to leave certain questions blank if you don't know what you wanted to vote for. Right. But, you know, if everybody voted for it, then it could have been a simple majority. But okay. it had to be a super majority because probably not everybody voted yeah. for it. It's highly unlikely that you're going to get 100% of the votes to, you know, legitimately count. Right. And that doesn't in- obviously wouldn't include or it would include as well people who filled out their ballot incorrectly mm-hmm. or, you know, just did something wrong that would um, disqualify it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm personally sad about that. I wrote an editorial last Mm -hmm. week about the Workers' Rights Amendment, and I was a big support of it. Yeah. But. It's a shame, in my opinion. Yeah. I am hoping that Congress will kind of do something as well, Mm -hmm. trying to push through something similar, at least. Yeah. Because I do think workers need more protections. For sure. Across the country. But, obviously, at the Illinois level would be great. Yeah. And I feel like we could do it in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Just kind of the way that our politics leans. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, what else is there to talk about? I don't think there's like, a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, those two races that we talked about, um, Eric Sorensen's and Sh- Esther Joy King and Sharon Chung and Scott Preston were the two closest races yeah. by far. Mm-hmm. Um, those were
1: really close. Um,
0: oh, our very own local Dan Brady lost very, also very early on in the election. That I was surprised. I was surprised he conceded that fast. I wasn't surprised that he lost, but I was surprised that he conceded that fast. Mm-hmm. He conceded around 930-ish mm. to Alexei Giannullis. Yeah. Who is from Chicago. He, was a, sure. he yeah, was a
1: former treasurer? Form- yeah, treasurer.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Former Illinois treasurer, and now he's running for secretary of state, and he won, so he will be on our new, you know, we're used to seeing Jesse White everywhere. Yeah. Jesse White, Jesse White, Jesse White. Uh-huh. But we got a a big long last name. <laughs> yeah. Big long Greek last name to look at. Should mm-hmm. be fun. I'll, I'm sure if Gianulus isn't the right way to say it, I'll learn how to say the the right way by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously Dan Brady is such a huge guy here and he'd been involved with the um Congress, right? Or was he a mm-hmm. senator? I don't think I'm he was a senator. I think he was sure. Congress. But he was a representative mm. from the area for a long time. And he yeah. ran for a Secretary of State. He's from Bloomington himself. Um, Remember, I covered some stuff that he wound up attending last year. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Um, Not a whole lot of wins for Republicans at the state level in our area, but at the local level, a lot of wins there. Um, County Clerk, Mm -hmm. Kathy Michael as always. County Treasurer, Rebecca McNeil as always. Mm -hmm. Um, Only one person ran for county sheriff, and they were Republicans, so... Yeah. Wins all around. Mm-hmm. And the McCain County board is a solid 50-50 split. 10 Democrats, 10 Republicans. Yeah. So just like our Senate, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Georgia could actually throw it and lean Democrat. You just I'd be su- not surprised if he didn't win because, obviously, Georgia is a pretty red state. But, like, Herschel Walker is the Republican candidate who is being recounted in December. And he's been going through a lot of... Negative press recently. Mm. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, we'll see. See how it ends up. Yeah. Anything could happen. Right. I mean, I would, they are historically a red state, but like, I just feel like with the 2020 election, they like, you really never know. So. So it's like they could end up being more of like a democratic leaning. Yeah. Or, it really
0: just depends on who came out to vote. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff happened this election, lots of tense stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would say a lot of people were pretty happy with the results. Yeah, I mean at least that we've talked mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I
1: haven't really heard anything like profoundly negative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I have heard some people saying how they think that like the Trump train is kind of dying
0: down. Yeah, that suspected right away that they were anticipating did not really happen at all. Mhm. Um Yeah. It was, you know, there was a chance of Republicans getting, like, almost a super majority in mm-hmm. the House, and right now that's not what it's looking like. Yeah. It, they might have, a, like, a, a small majority. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember how many people are in the House, but, like, they have, like, you know, like, five to ten more reps than the s- Democrats would, which okay. is not, like, a huge no. gain at all. Mm-mm. Obviously, it's, it's still going to make it a little more difficult for some stuff to get passed through at Congress, but... You no, know, when are they not being difficult? So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess, you know, stuff to look forward to, stuff to pay attention to. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed our coverage of the election. Yes. We still have our stuff on the website if you guys have not checked it out already. And But, obviously, a lot of other news sources have as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, just your friendly reminder to get acquainted with your representatives and your senators and to, you know, pay attention to especially local elections as well because they impact you more than you might think. Yeah. It's very true. All right. Well, this has been today's episode of Tea Time. Once again, I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Urban. And I'm your other host, Erin Gesser. Have a good one.